Top Shelf Fantasy. What a fucking disaster. That was what happened? My finger slipped. My finger slipped too. I'm like, <laughs> do I wait till after? And I'm like, no, it's almost there. I was like, I'm going to have to crack it at some point. So. Yeah. Well, for, I, I was going to wait, but then Scott cracked his. I was like, I'll do my too. Like Tom's like, all right, we nailed it. Like, he doesn't know I didn't do it yet. <laughs> well, I was looking at your face and I was like, something happened. But it, it looks right. like he cracked it. And then I'm looking at the, at the, the recording and I go, all right. And then there goes Corey with his Arizona uh, green tea. Uh, well, we can go around the room. I mean, we already already know what uh, Corey's drinking. Yep. Let's Arizona give green some tea. More, uh, That's a 23 detail. fluid ounces ginseng with honey. It's delightful. Wow. It's amazing. Dollar twenty nine um, at Cumbies. No free ads. You can't beat it. Uh, I'm drinking a little sip by Lawson's Brewing Company. I got a Juice Lord by Lord Hobo. Was yeah. uh, told that it was good by Scott. It was very good. I got it, had it last weekend. I, I just feel like I couldn't trust a beer in a pink can, to be completely honest with they you. They are fantastic. Lord Hor- Hobo looks is very, a great brewing company. It looks Lord very Horbo. flamboyant, Horbo. but it tastes fantastic. Gumbo bang. It's that one and then... Um, the, yeah, oh, doppelganger. Fantastic. From Treehouse. Uh, the other Hobo one that they get? No, it's uh, Juice Maze by Pipe Dream. That comes in a pink can. It's one of my favorite beers of all time. Pipe Dream's very good. I think it's ju- it's either Juice Maze or Juice Haze, but either way, Pipe Dream, boom. Shout out New Hampshire. Bada bing. Probably better than the uh, friggin' tarts that you're drinking, whatever the hell it was. Those were fantastic as well. Yeah. That so might have had the downfall to your stomach problems. <laughs> <laughs> we when we uh, when we went down to Hershey, Pennsylvania, that couple that we hooked up with, they had those uh, nice. Extreme sour patch oh, or yes, sour, the, sour, uh, the warhead ones. Yeah, the warhead. Yeah, those the ones warhead. are those like hard if you have drink. like one of those that, like that for me that's it. They're like tart and sweet and I don't know. It's, it's a lot to take destroy in. your stomach. No, yeah, thank you. they sit heavy and you're like you're in rough shape the next day. It's like drinking a full bottle of wine. Not that I've ever done that. Shout out Rise New England. <laughs> so we're just like egging it on until somebody's like calls us out for that. Um, all right. Top Shelf Fantasy, topshelffantasy.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Top Shelf Fman TSY. Scotty, we're two days two days till our, our draft. Yes, we have our big home league redraft draft Saturday. Yep. Two quarterback leagues. So we have that coming up. So sir, sixteenth, seventeenth year? Uh, yeah, it's been Prob- it's quite a probably while. Probably tw- October thirteenth being paid. I'm gonna fucking destroy this bug. I oh, wish it's everybody. Could it's see right what's by happening. your face. I yeah. have a bug zapper. My bust of 2021. Oh, imagine if you got <laughs> Shit, the, the no look, <laughs> the no look elbow. All right. Well, this we'll this, <laughs> this flies. We'll let you know when we get them, folks. It's big um, big news around here. Just know we have one in here. So anyway, what I'm getting with is it's draft season. So rankings are being updated um, pretty much on a uh, constant basis. So our website um, feeds them live pretty much. So every time you go in and refresh them, Craig, I think, is about to tell us that he hasn't updated his rankings. I, I updated my top five running backs so you guys can calm down now. Nice. You uh, don't have Derrick Henry as your, like, 15th running back, right? <laughs> Craig was like, no, he was, he was fifth. He, now he's five. third. All right. All right. No, no, he's he's third. third now. Okay. I could take, I could take third. I can live with it. Um, I too. We have a new website that is going to launch on the 22nd. Which is Sunday. Yeah, which is 
Had I known it was going to do we that, were so I would have done that a week we ago. We hit the launch button. It's like, boom, three, two, one. Like, this will launch in seven days. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I thought I was setting off a bomb and nothing happened. I was, so I was up till 3 a.m. trying to figure out why I wasn't there. I want to leave everybody a nice present in the morning. It's like you're trying you to download something. You have self-destruct button. You're downloading something. It's just like spinning. They're like, estimated there. time remaining. It's like seven days. You're like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? take that long? We're back in dial-up. Yeah, every Mac update ever. <laughs> Just me trying to look at porn when I was like nine, just downloading like line by line. Like, oh yeah, it's half a nipple. <laughs> it's half a nipple. What was it? Uh, LimeWire or whatever? <laughs> yep. um, anyway, so we have breakout sleepers and busts and dart throws. Big and day. Bounce backs players. Yep. Probably one of the biggest days of the year for all of us. I mean, this is when we get to throw our take, like just straight takes. This is takes all day. Oh, yeah. it could be wrong. I mean, we, we've been wrong before, but we've been, we've hit, you know, on... A good chunk of them too. Like DJ Chark, a couple years ago was a dart throw, a guy that wasn't being drafted or talked about at all. Yeah, Craig smashed that one, right? Was that you? Mm-hmm. Hulk mm-hmm. smashed it. Mm-hmm. Hulk smashed it. smashed it. Yeah, so I Hulk mean, we do hit some. We he was six don't hit three. some. Six three. Six three. He met the criteria. He met the criteria. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we give you a variety. So each of us have two sleepers. Each of us have two uh, breakouts. I think we only had one bust. Um, uh, one dart throw and two bounce back. So there's enough here that you should at least be able to go through and, and uh, figure out guys that you want to target later in drafts or guys you don't want to draft or whatever. Looking at last year's breakouts, some are great, some are bad. Yeah, I, I, mean, I had Devin I Singletary. I had Marquise Brown. But then I also had DK Metcalf, so it worked out. I know my <laughs> sleepers were not good. but I don't think any of our sleepers were going to be. Preston but, Williams was a fail. Uh, Matt Burita was, was a one, fail. Yeah. That was one. Um, Deontay, John, Deontay Johnson was decent for Scotty as a yeah. sleeper. That was, yeah, I mean, he's definitely he definitely hits as a sleeper. Yeah. Ooh, Tevin Coleman, ouch. Yeah. Joe I, Burrow was, got hurt. I blame his health concerns on oh, that. Oh, Matt Breida. Oh, yeah. Craig well, Darius we'll, Slayton. We'll try Breida again this year. Yeah, Paris, Paris okay. Campbell, who got hurt. You know? Yeah, Paris Campbell got hurt. A lot of injuries in the sleeper range. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, no. Tom, you hit big time. Antonio Gibson as a sleeper. Yes. I was going to say, I forget who the hell my, my other one was. So there you go. I mean, we're 50%. It's yeah. great. I mean, we talk about Which guys is pretty good. I mean, net. 50% if you we two were... out of three. <laughs> we feel better this year. <laughs> yeah. That's, this year's going to hit 100%. Math for you. <laughs> and we aren't picking like, you two know, three, the six, obvious, six, obvious six. breakouts, the obvious, obvious sleepers that are all out there. We try to, you know, take these guys that. You're taking either very late or guys we really think are going to take the next step up instead of saying, oh, I think, you know, CeeDee Lamb is going to be a breakout. It's like, well, he's already been drafted as, you know, a top 12 receiver. So where people go like a shot at me, I wanted CeeDee to be hey, my breakout no, so bad. I'm saying that's why our <laughs> list is good well, because of that. Oh, I thought like, you were going it, to. You go I on like fantasy pros, you're like, oh, Amari Cooper. Like, oh, what is this article about? Like, oh, it's Amari Cooper's a sleeper this year. It's like, fuck you. Is yeah, he? He's going in the fifth round. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think we all approach the sleeper uh, like it, it, these are guys that are being drafted after the tenth round for the most part, or they're going undrafted completely, and it's guys that we think like minor ninth round, but it's okay. <laughs> we're, we're splitting fucking hairs. Here. I hit the cusp. Use a pretty late. You, know, yeah. what, you yeah. know where we're going with this. So anyway, enough rambling on, Scotty. Yeah. Take us in. Lead I will take in it in. I will take the sleepers. first sleeper of the year is Marvin Jones Jr. Been you know chirping this guy all offseason. Been very big on him since the day he signed with Jacksonville. This bug is now... This bug is going to everyone that's talking. So I'm going to try to ignore the bug that's right in my face if Craig or Daz and kill it for me. But okay. <laughs> We killed Scotty. Um, <laughs> biggest news is, I mean, even before DJ Chark got hurt, I still love Marvin Jones over... 
Chark and Chenault. Chark's out until at least week one with his uh, broken finger surgery. So with him missing camp with a brand new quarterback, brand new regime and everything, that's a huge, huge loss for Chark and the offense. So put in Marvin Jones, who's there every day. He's still healthy. Played played a little too much in the preseason game in you know in my mind. So get him off the field. Didn't get I hurt yet. I completely agree with that. <laughs> I was sitting there watching it going, what the hell is he this? He was old in the game. The I'm like, J- just get the practice reps and, you know, one drive and that's it. But no. But um, all things out of camp is Marvin Jones has, has had great ties to Trevor Lawrence as well as Chenault. But I do think they brought in Jones to help the rookie quarterback as a security blanket. Again, new re- re- regime. So Chenault has no ties to them at all. They had no ties to Chenault or Shark. Same with James Robinson, too. And with Chenault, if they're going to be using Travis Etienne as a gadget guy, as a slot guy, that's going to take a lot of work away from where Chenault's lining up. Did you get it? So close. Okay, we'll come back to that. The the bug is still alive. The bug is the 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 last of this podcast. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So Marvin Jones is a guy that's going well after the 10th round. I'm not sure where his his ADP is right now maybe it's 12th or 13th but i do think where his price is you can get him as your fourth fifth receiver just your bench guy and i think he can return you at least water receiver three numbers i mean we kind of forget on, on a you know depleted detroit offense last year that, that looked like shit he he ended up as water receiver 17 He's 141 overall right now, so that's 50 anywhere from 10th to undrafted. So his yeah, so his, his, league, yeah. his ADP right now is 1307, 57th wide receiver coming off the board. Yep, yeah. So I do have Jones ranked higher than Shark and Chanel, but even if 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 both or just one finish higher than Jones, I don't think Jones is that far behind from where you're drafting him. Like Chanel and Shark are going several rounds before him. Just because they're bigger names, younger guys, Marvin Jones is the old dude, but I do think Lawrence uses him more as a security blanket, and it was Urban Meyer's first move of the offseason was getting Jones to a two-year contract right away. So that's why Jones is my sleeper. Yeah, and at a bare minimum, I mean, he's there for on a two-year contract. Like, you're going to use him. He's going to be involved. Whatever his role is, who who knows, who, who really cares? He's going to be on the field. It's He's always been on the field. His whole career, he's been on the field. Yeah, I mean, I he's. Like, I like guys who are on the field. Yeah, I mean, that, that's usually what it helps for fantasy. So, um, speaking of fifty seventh wide receiver coming off the board in the thirteenth round, you should take my guy over Marvin Jones, though. My guy's way better than Scotty's guy. Well, Marquez Marquez Ca- Marquez Callaway is being drafted actually right after Marvin Jones. So, like, and this is kind of where we sit there and go, you know, look at the guys and who you want to take, and. Um, you know, you can get guys like Marvin Jones and Marquez Callaway who should be giving you, you know, solid numbers late, late in the draft. I, I was joking about who's going to be better, by the way. Just <laughs> Oh, that's fine. I mean, by your take. He's your guy, so I assume <laughs> you're. if it comes down to it, you're going to take him over Jones anyways. I, I will. Yeah. I, I really like Marquez Callaway. Um so again, I mean the the whole write up is going to be up on the on the uh, on the website, so I'm not going to like read it verbatim. Um, but the dude, like, I don't know. He's just, he, he's an interesting guy because he, uh, w- one of the things that I had mentioned in the, in the article was that in the last decade, he's the second highest, um, the, the second highest receiving the, he's had the second best receiving season of any wide receiver at Tennessee in the last decade. 
um, behind uh, Jawan Jennings, and no, it's not the the no, wide receiver yeah. tight end in uh, in wherever. And he finished playing at Tennessee at twenty one point two yards per catch, which was first uh, in the SEC and fourth in the nation. So like when I'm reading all of this stuff, and then I go, okay, so here's a guy who like produced at a pretty pretty big name school. He comes into the Saints. He he wasn't drafted, and then you know somehow he finds a, his way onto the roster. Now you see all the drama that's happening. Michael Thomas is hurt. Traquan Smith has been banged up. Uh, Dante uh, Deontay Harris has gotten a DUI, um, and then it leaves what Jawan Jennings, who they just converted to a tight end. Jawan Johnson. Jawan Johnson. Excuse me. They just converted him to a tight end. They have um, Will Jordan Humphrey. Little Jordan. <laughs> Little jo- oh yeah, Little Jordan. Little Humphrey Humphrey. And, uh, who, oh, who's the other guy? Uh, Tommy Lee Lewis. And, the and, names on this team. Right? Yeah, and Adam Troutman. Like, I don't know. It's just Marquez Callaway. He did some really, really special things last year when Michael Thomas was hurt, um, and then we actually just saw him in preseason action, and he made Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters look like they were backup cornerbacks. I mean. It was a soft coverage that they were playing him in, but he was open and he was catching the ball and he was getting to the boundary. So if Marquez Callaway ends up being a, a role player for the Saints, I'm buying in heavy on Marquez Callaway and I'm buying in on him even before I'm buying Traquan Smith. I think the big name is Traquan Smith because he's been in the in the league, but he hasn't done anything that can prove it. And then again, back to the whole point. These guys are probably going undrafted. They're going in the 13th round. So if in week two they haven't done anything, you just cut them and what'd you lose? Nothing. You know, it, Nothing. It, it sucks more to go and draft a, a DJ Shark in the seventh or a Traquan Smith in the eighth and, and pass up on some of those rookie running backs and then go, oh, well, shit, I, you know, I wasted that pick. I'd rather waste my 13th than my eighth, you know? Yeah. I do. I do agree with that, Tom. There's a lot of back and forth here on that take. I, maybe I just covered everything. I know Dows is up after this one, but yeah. But the one thing I would add to that is I would feel much more comfortable with Jameis Winston at quarterback than Taysom Hill. I would, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would as well. If if you saw that preseason game, while both of them didn't play that great, at least the offense was moving in the right direction when Jameis Winston was playing. I, I am. I feel I feel comfortable enough that I'll select him regardless of who the quarterback is. But I mean, I mean, I'm, selfishly, I want it to be Jameis. <laughs> by Saturday, we probably won't find out no. who it is. So, no, Infor- no, we probably won't even find out till week one, which is unfortunate. Or week four when they change it, and then week eight. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> they just, change it back, and then it's a weekly like, oh, it's a camp battle, so, or not even a camp battle, it's a practice battle. Like, see so who's <laughs> doing better on on a given any given week. And then Washington trades Ryan Fitzpatrick. To start Taylor Henneke and then Ryan Fitzpatrick takes Jameis Winston's job twice. In usually we have career. to. Usually we have to wait until like week six to get the Ryan Fitzmagic trade rumors out of Tom. So we are far ahead of schedule. I've gone cross-eyed. <laughs> All right, I'll hop into my sleeper. As long you're done with uh, Marquez Callaway, I'm, I'm done with Marquez Callaway. Right, my guy is uh, sandwiched right in between year two. Well, at least the ADBs I'm looking at. I had Marvin Jones at 141 overall, and then uh, Marquez Callaway down at 180 overall. So probably a round or two after. Um, I guess T.Y. Hilton at 155 overall, which puts him in. I don't know. Maybe the Are same. Are you looking at uh, Fantasy Football Calculator? I'm on Fantasy Pros. Yeah, I was going to say, you can filter. Hold on. I'll give you the ball, T.Y. Hilton. The ball ca- calculator take your, is take out. Take a take. Ah, here he is. 53, 53rd wide receiver off the board round 12. Yeah, that's what I got him. Mine must uh, I get him at 58. But either way, we're right in that category. Well, let's fight about it. <laughs> um, I just I have him as my sleeper for a pretty basic idea overall, right? He was hurt 
in 2019. He had a rough 2020 season. I think a lot of that was because of the injury. He hadn't fully recovered. And then he put it together in the last six weeks. He ended up hosting, uh, let's see here, 16.1, 21.23.1, 9.1, 7.5, which are kind of down weeks, and then 12.2 to cap off the season. If you can trend that way into the middle of double digits, like 15-ish points per week on average, I'm happy to get that out of what I'm calling a sleeper pick because you can grab him later in the drafts. I mean, that's that's assuming that somebody even tries to take him because the guys that are flashy are ahead of him. Michael Pittman, I'm not sure what his ADP is, but I think the name is starting to gain a little bit of momentum. People are worried about the entire Indianapolis wide receiver core because of Carson Wentz's issues with his foot. All of that wrapped into one is just dropping T.Y. Hilton down draft boards. And if he can get back into a rhythm where he's posting 10, 15 in, in the occasional 20-plus point game, that's league-winning caliber if you draft him in the 10th-plus round. So all of that wraps up into a fairly nice sleeper bundle, and I'm happy to take T.Y., a guy who has spurned me, and actually I traded him off of my dynasty team, but I want him to do well. Yeah, I mean, what what is nice is he's probably one of the most reliable wide receivers that um, that they have in the Colts offense. You know what I mean? So, like, I mean, everyone else is really, really young and yeah. or really, really hurt, <laughs> <laughs> or both, or will get hurt, or will get hurt. <laughs> right? Looking at you, Paris Campbell. <laughs> That's like almost a guarantee at this point. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I'll go over to mine, which actually is in the same category. Uh, I had him a little bit higher. turns out he's in the uh, wide receiver 50 range at 50 exactly. And I'll take him any day of the week. That is Darnell Mooney. Um, He is the number two wide receiver of the Chicago Bears. I cannot wait until Justin Fields hits the field because he is going to light it up. There has been so much talk about what Matt Nagy wants to do. Now, don't mind you, I'm not a big Matt Nagy fan. But I do like electric plays. And I have a Darnell Mooney who runs a 4-3-8. I have a Marquise Goodwin who had Olympic sprinting, um, you know, some trial or whatever three or four years ago. That was, or He was actually named the fastest player in the NFL. That's what it was. And then they bring in Demir Bird who was the burner for the Patriots last year. They lined up on the first package in the preseason game with all three of them. As the wide receivers. They didn't even have Allen Robinson. They, Robinson they just give it play. Allen Robinson the finger. Right. <laughs> so I just have this idea that they're really going to want to burn it deep. They've brought in Damian Williams at running back. They they have obviously Montgomery there that if they're going to be blowing off the top and running the ball, this is what I want in the offense. And Darnell Mooney last year pretty much was the burner at 98 targets his rookie year. This is really incredible if you really think about it. I don't think there was any other uh you know explosive guy that you could be you know getting in the the waiver wires early on in the season other than darnell mooney um he ended up with 631 yards four touchdowns um you know everyone thought last year it was anthony miller but as it turned out it's darnell mooney um i just want to add a little bit of what the article says darnell mooney is an asshole he's very disrespectful he, um, this is just my take. I don't know. He could be a great man. He could be a nice gentleman. <laughs> he probably but, is. But from what it looked like as a fantasy football owner, I thought it, it seemed like Darnell Mooney introduced himself to Anthony Miller and said, hey, man, how's it going? Yeah. Oh, what are you eating? Pancakes? Oh, let me take that. And then just finishes the pancake, gives it back, takes his shirt, wipes it off and says, hey, have some luck in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> 
Darnell Mooney is going to be a good good player <laughs> this year. He's a bad man. He's <laughs> yeah. a complete asshole. Just a complete, just a complete asshole. Runs um, him out of the team. Exactly. He, but, he, but again, personally, might be a great guy. Might be a great just, guy. We're just setting a stage <laughs> yeah. for him to be a dick. Could, could be a great guy. But he is the background bully. He's the backyard uh, bully. The flies back. Oh, it, I... Mm. We're going to move out to... We're going to move back to bounce back players. We're going to bounce back. Uh, bounce as this, back. As this fly bounces all over the... Fu- is there a fucking another one? Ah. What is that? And yeah. everyone's Jesus already Christ. turned off their podcast. Yeah. Don't worry. Well, <laughs> hey, listen. This is the uh, top shelf uh, If you're not here podcast. for our hot takes, we uh, yeah, at anyway. least at least like stay to find out when the fly dies. Breaking Bad with the yeah. friggin' fly. <laughs> oh, the worst episode ever. Um, I feel like you're hating on it, but I mean, people are probably like, well, I want to see the fly. Oh, they piss them all off. You should see us. We look like morons. <laughs> uh, Scotty, bounce back. You want to go with that? I'm that? trying to get the fly. Oh, <laughs> Scott's going to puke when he sees his bounce back. Yeah, my bounce back player was... Uh, a big hit of mine last year as a bust, Tyler Higby. Told you guys last year, don't draft this guy. His ADP was tied in seven. They were looking for the same thing he did at the end of 2019. And he ended up as tight end, I think, 18-ish range. And uh, pretty much unplayable all season. So, with that, he's now my bounce back. What goes down has to come up. Matthew Stafford's there. Way better than Jared Goff. I don't care what anyone says. Jeff. Jeff. And biggest reason why he was a bust last year was Gerald Everett being there. Gerald Everett is now on the Seahawks. So with him out, with Everett not there, who was the the route running, pass catching tight end, and Hibby was more of the blocker, Hibby now is is kind of the only one there. You can say Jacob Harris. You can say Bryson Hopkins. I don't, I don't think... Either of them are, are, are close to what Gerald Everett was for that team. And with a better quarterback there in Stafford, I think they're going to be running, passing the ball a lot more, which means Higby's going to be in you know probably the red zone a lot more. Kim Akers got, is down for the season. Um, so I think they're not going to lean heavy on, on Daryl Henderson, which means, of course, they're going to pass a lot more. So another bounce back of mine, which I want to talk about, is Cooper Cup. It's just the... Same offense, two guys that, that were um, a bust last year. It all comes down to Matthew Stafford. If Matthew Stafford can play what I think he can play, what I've seen him do in the past, um, I, I want Higby, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods on the same team. Listen, Jerry Goff is the quarterback equivalent to Adam Gase's head coach. That is <laughs> that is almost accurate. No, that is accurate. Brutal. Yeah. But so, Tyler Higby is a guy you're you're getting in the last two, three rounds slash undraftable. So if you want to wait, again, he doesn't pan out, cut him for Cole Komet or someone else in week one. Yeah, that, that's really it. If you take him in the last round, it's really no risk because it doesn't work out, then you're just streaming tight ends, which you would be doing anyways. I mean, if, yeah, if you're drafting like, Tyler If you're not your drafting starter, the first four tight ends off yeah. the board, you're, you're streaming <laughs> tight well, ends. Yeah. So. You he's have going, to play one week one. Yeah. yeah, he's going in the 12th round as the 17th running back. Or it's tight it's 17th tight end off the board. Which is just gross. I hate Tyler Herbie. But like you said, it's it's that entire offense, the entire Rams offense can well, be I mean, announced back you, in it. I mean with Matthew Stafford. Would yeah. you rather would you rather Tyler Herbie or Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram's going two rounds ahead. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think that's like kind of where like when you start to think about it, it's like I, if you haven't gotten those top three guys or even really arguably the top six guys, punt it and go and take Yeah. You can take two in the last two rounds. Yeah. One's gotta hit. Right, I ain't, right. I ain't taking two tight ends. <laughs> right, guys. Not this no. lifetime, guys. 
I would rather take my 11th running back than two tight ends. Um, All right. I have have two bounce backs as well. I'm going to skip the one that I have first, that I listed first. I'm going to go to the second one that I have. I hear him out, dude. If you don't follow that guy on TikTok, that's you have to oh, read I, that like in I his voice that. to get it. Um, so maybe I'll put his like TikTok thing on there. So when people are reading <laughs> the article, you can at least know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, but I'm gonna go to my second one. I'm gonna go to Michael Gallup because I actually think this is the the better bounce back of the two choices that I made. Um, so, all right. We one of my one of my uh, bold predictions last year was that the three Dallas wide receivers were all going to have a thousand yards receiving, and I still actually very much think that that's in play, and I think that people are just forgetting about Michael Gallup. I mean, he still finished the year last year with eight hundred yards. He had you know a handful of touchdowns as well, and that was all without Dak Prescott. Now you get a healthy Dak Prescott in there, you know it's. It, there's no reason why Michael Gallup can't replicate what those numbers are or even better, right? So I think a lot of people look at it and say, oh, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, you know, they're they're just going to be target hogs. They're not going to go out. CeeDee Lamb isn't going to get 160 targets. Amari Cooper isn't going to get 160 targets. The target has to share has to go around. The Cowboys are one of those teams that are moving towards passing the ball close to 600 times a year and with an 18 game season. Now, I mean, that number could be closer to 620 times in a season. I mentioned this in the article, the wide receiver trio for the Steelers, Juju, Deontay and Claypool. They all ended up as wide receiver, wide receiver, you know, wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes. The trio in Dallas is far better with a far better quarterback. People are just forgetting how good Gallup was in 2019 so to think that he's going to regress from 2020 um, is is almost laughable to me because it's like 2020 was down year. Like if he's going to regress, he'll regress from 2019. What's his regression? 2020. What's he going to build on? 2019, 2020. It just it does not make sense to me. And I swear to God, I had the ADP in the friggin' article uh, in my write up, but apparently I didn't. But I know that he's going after. Um, the 10th round, right? Somebody hold me true to that. Yes. He's the 50th wide receiver coming off of the board. Um, so again, like we kind of go back to those sleepers. This is a guy that you can take a stab in the 11th round. Worst comes the worst. He's what a wide receiver for like, I don't know. I just, I don't see how people can look at Michael Gallup and write him off as if he's not going to be a, uh, like a, like a valuable fantasy asset. Yeah, I think he just he falls like you said. There's Amari Cooper there. There's CD Lamb there, and those are the big names. Those are who everybody's like. Oh, I want them right away. Well, Michael Callup, I still want. People just forget about him. Like, yeah, he's not he's not the first guy in line for targets or the second. But on a team like the Cowboys, where you could be the fifth in line for targets, you still probably have a role. There's with the extra game, they could throw it seven hundred times, and I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Well, and so when I was doing the statting out, the extra games totally. Fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's there's so gonna be a lot of broken records. Last what year in 16 games, Dak Prescott was on pace to throw for eight uh, 800 times. So <laughs> let's not let's not forget he and he it's will still a bad a defense. Yeah, so there should be throwing oh, yeah. a lot more. Exactly on the field all the time. Yeah, he's one of the most underrated players the last couple of years. Yeah, should I move on. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know who's next. Is it Craig? Is it? It's Daz. It's Daz. Yeah, it's me. Um, Miles Sanders, Hello. running back, Philadelphia. The running back, y'all. <laughs> Coincidentally uh, enough, that movie took place in uh, Pennsylvania. There we go. Did not know that. Wow. Wow. Brown, but yeah, um, I think he's a really solid bounce back of the year candidate. Even with all of our bounce backs in here, I think he could end up topping the list from what he did last year as an RB23 finish in half point PPR, half PPR. Definitely not what we expected, but that entire Philadelphia offense was not what we expected. It was pretty much miserable. And you can blame Carson Wentz. You can blame Doug Peterson. I don't care who you want to put it on. I blame Doug Peterson. I do Monday as well. Night I football mean, cat. Yeah, definitely the Monday Night Football cat. He's in the mix. It was two years ago. It was still his fault. It's cursed. True. But <laughs> however, you, another cat. <laughs> however you slice it, they have a whole new coaching system there. Nick Sirianni comes over as the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts, who have done what for the last 3, 4, 10, 15 years? Run the ball very, very effectively. If they can keep their offensive line healthy, which they've struggled to do for the past few years, but that's so I guess that's a big if. And under his tutelage, with a focus on running the football with Miles Sanders, who should be their preeminent running back, at least for runs up the middle and between the tackles, or pretty much anything on the ground. I do think Gainwell and even Boston Scott factor in a lot in the passing attack, which could hurt his overall scoring. But and even with that in consideration, he only caught 28 balls last year on 52 targets. If you keep those stats exactly as they are, which I don't, I think he would go for probably somewhere closer to 40 catches on probably 60-something targets, and that jacks his yardage up to, I don't know, 350, 400 yards. That's a much more reasonable expectation, especially if the offense is clicking better. There's there's a lot of room for improvement on this offense, and I think a lot of it's going to be from the running game, which will in turn benefit the passing game. Nick Sirianni, I think, has a great mind for power football and i think that that could be really really beneficial to a guy like miles sanders who's not necessarily the most powerful running back but huge holes in the offensive line he will run through them he's not bad or stupid he's not trent richardson running into blocks he just isn't getting a lot of the open space that we need him to see to succeed all of this wrapped up miles sanders has a great opportunity to finish as an rb1 there was a time that i was going to write him as a bust and as i thought of it it just can't happen it can't happen just can't happen. He has to do better. And Even I, seeding ground to Gainwell, Boston Scott, Jalen Hurts, he should be in the end zone more than last year. He should catch more balls than last year, and he should run for more yard, yard, yards <laughs> yards than last year. Hey, listen, they just got carry on. So they did. That's, they did. They, that's they, a cut guy. They just got to cut that's... Jordan Howard, and then, and then we're all safe. Right. Yeah, they, we're Jordan, all safe. Jordan, Jordan Howard, Howard is, thing's stupid. No, the thing is, like, when Karen got cut, like, oh, it's a great opportunity for Jordan Howard to take the Did roster. No, I didn't get it. I'm it just clapping like in it. air. It so, really, no, it really was. Scott that. tries to talk. No. Did you get it? <laughs> it's right. It, it hits me in the eye. No, I'm right here. No, I, I, like, again, the whole Karen thing saying, oh, Jordan Howard's probably going to get that last spot. I'm like, why not cut two? You, you still have other guys in the backfield. Like, like I, I just don't get it. And then you're going to get down to the one, and then Jordan Howard's going to go two for negative five and two two touchdowns like he did last year. I would try to learn something from last year and cut Jordan Howard and sign any body that can play offensive line. Like, just some depth on the O-line for, for once. Miller just got cut. So it offered more. I mean, okay, neither of those guys either. <laughs> the rate Jordan Howard's going, he could put on some pounds and play oh, Honestly. Line. Where's Kelvin or, Benjamin? Oh, tight end. Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> but cut him. Cut, get rid of him. All he did last year was run backwards. He did follow to the end zone somehow, but then he proceeded to literally run backwards for the rest of the season. Get rid of him. Don't let him vulture stuff from anybody else on that team. 
Jalen Hurts is not big enough to run between the tackles on the goal line. Don't do that because he's just going to Kyler Murray his shoulder. That's going to ruin his season and the offense as a whole. So keep him out of there. If you want to punch Boston Scott up the middle or you want to bring in Kenneth Gainwell to, to do some dynamic shit, I'm not going to fault you for that. But it should go to the running backs. And it really should go to Miles Sanders if you're close. But one of them has to be the guy. And I don't. I, I know it's not Jordan Howard. I've watched him long enough to know that it's not him. So one of these three guys needs to step up, and Miles Sanders should be the guy. They pay him enough money to friggin' do this stuff. Boom. Best. Roasted. Roasted. Craig, who was your... Well, it's hard to top that, but I'm going to try. And here I have a guy right now, did not play in the year 2020. He took the year off. He decided that COVID was worse than playing football. Just kidding. He didn't. Um, he got hurt. He had a knee injury. His knee got COVID. His knee got COVID. I know. For a second, um, I was like, he didn't opt out. He didn't opt out. No, no, no. He chose the injury route uh, so that he could get his full paycheck. <laughs> he chose the <laughs> Smart Yo, move. come tackle my kneecap. Smart man. <laughs> All right. He's being drafted in the seventh round this year. He had 1,100 yards the year before he got hurt. Who is it? The Apple man himself, Cortland Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> Apple I man. love that. Corlin Sutton was being talked about as a breakout candidate going into 2020. He had literally almost every analyst going, wow, this is the next big guy. I mean, he's, he, he's got the size. He's got the speed. He had the raw athleticism. I've compared him previously to Terrell Owens, and I will not come back from that. I, I have to stick with it. I love this guy. I think he's absolutely got the raw talent and ability Didn't to marry do marry so. him already. If he'd allow it, if he makes a lot of money. What the hell is that? I have no problem. Did you see that thing? We're being attacked by multiple flies. What the fuck is going on? Sorry, Craig. I No, it's okay. The level of professionalism is out the window. (laughs) Oh, it's gone. It it was never here. It was never here. But the the, all right. So this is what. Let me get back to the Cortland Sutton of it all. Uh, Seventh round right now. He was probably third round. I think in 2020. I mean, he was really an unfortunate error for almost anyone that picked him. And it wasn't anyone's fault. I mean, the guy had a a bad knee injury that really kind of came up out of nowhere. It was after week one, maybe even like Thursday or Friday before the next game. And then all of a sudden, Cortland Sutton's out for the year. He had knee surgery. It's like, okay, thanks. Well, he was such a strong breakout candidate last year. We probably wouldn't have let any of us pick him. Right. Right. Like it was he so just, obvious. Like, really? oh, yeah, of course. Of so obvious. But, but again, the next I'll repeat, I'll repeat, he's going in the seventh round. Crazy. Like, I understand there's, okay, the knee thing. Okay, that's that's chalk one on the board, or strike one. I, I know that, you know, it, it might be tough. But guess what? It was 12 months ago. It legitimately was maybe 11 and a half months ago. He will get back to it. People have come back from a torn ACL. We have seen it now time and time again. And he's 25 years old. That notion's gone. Like, oh, he's yeah, not old. He's, his his stuff's young. coming back quick. And then the other thing is Drew Locke. Drew Locke is is what a lot of people are thinking is the problem. Um, Or Teddy Bridgewater if he's the quarterback. I don't see Teddy Bridgewater being the quarterback. Drew Locke is being talked about as doing a lot better this year. He's a strong-arm quarterback. This is the type of quarterback that Cortland Sutton can succeed with. And realistically, it doesn't even matter. Cortland Sutton has caught the ball from Case Keenum, Brandon Allen, and an old 37-year-old Joe Flacco. And he's still put up 1,100 yards on 72 receptions. He might say to me, you know, what about Jerry Judy? He was a, he's a big little candidate that they brought in last year. Well, they do entirely different things, and Jerry Judy's going to help his case. The guy put up 182 points on 72 catches. That's like wide receiver, what, 
20? Yeah, that's good. I don't even know. And he's being drafted in the seventh round. This is a bounce back candidate if I've ever seen one. He was wide receiver uh, 18 in 2019. I was so close. It was too off. I didn't even have it written in. Right there. I think he reminds me of Allen Robinson. He's quarterback proof. I really think he he is. He very well could. And the thing was on him and why he was drafted so late in the NFL draft and why he wasn't like talked about as this big fantasy football guy was because he was like raw and un, un like aware of the game and he got that and threw it out the like he literally learned on the fly and did such a good job with it with such little help around him imagine what can happen when you know say Drew Locke actually shows up well, or yeah i mean that was a big reason why they just let you know Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas kind of go cuz like hey we we have our guy cuz he was yeah. the third in line there and they kind of just said oh, you, there was people in the organization that had said the best football player on their team that included melvin gordon coming in that include included um von miller on the defense they said the, the best football player on our team is Cortland sutton is what they were saying in their organization in 2019 oh, now i want him in every draft <laughs> <laughs> well he's he can be had too right and one one of yeah. the things that i love about like going through and doing this too is it's like we feel like really confident in some of these guys that if they're ADPs the seventh round, we feel confident. Reach on them in the sixth. Reach on them in the fifth. Probably, if you yeah. have to. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like yeah. take the take the. Eh, don't take them as a first round pick. Man. It's a little crazy. Yeah, don't. Uh, let, all right. So let's talk about some guys that we're pretty confident that are going to break out. Yeah. Before I break out, can someone get me a can to break? Oh, into the, what the, the son of break a the, bitch break the, the seal, seal and uh while you're at it do you have a fly a swat out <laughs> i have a fly zapper somewhere i'll uh, take the um the juliet one but i can't uh, there's a I shop back in here we can turn on yeah so um before the breakouts i'm getting the uh, beer so um the fly is still here the flies is it two is there two there's, flies now? i don't know what the hell flew over craig's head but you saw that dials that thing was like a i think it was a goddamn beetle? yeah it was, it was fucked up whatever it was it was yes julie hey you guys listen to this top shelf fantasy podcast it's uh four thirty year old uh men talking about <laughs> fucking <flies>. bugs <laughs> in the back room hey top shelf speak for yourself slash nature's class i got one more <laughs> year until i'm 30 <laughs> oh damn uh, true Good, yeah I'm 32. True, 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 true. So, um, yeah, so my, the breakout that I'm going to pick is Travis Etienne. And I know I, I usually don't pick a rookie because I kind of think of a breakout as, you know, a second-year player, third-year player that is on the rise, might have finished, you know, back-end wide receiver last year or RB. Now is the time to break out. But I really think where Travis Etienne is being drafted, I think he is a prime candidate to break out. Like he's drafted as, what, RB? I think 26 the last time I checked. And I wasn't going to use him at first, but when I saw James Robinson still being drafted ahead of him as of last week, it was just kind of mind-blowing. I still don't get how James Robinson's ADP is like RB 22-23 when ETN's like 26-27. ETN is going to be on the field the entire time. I think Tom brought it up a couple a couple weeks ago. Meyer came out and said, oh, he's going to be using the slot more. He's going to be a receiver. I don't believe that to be true with him just as a receiver. I do think he's going to take work away from James Robinson as he should. I mean, I th- I feel like people don't realize how good ETN was as a pure running back last year in college in Clemson. Like he was legit, arguably before Najee had his huge season as the the pure number one RB to draft in the rookie draft the coming year. So with that first round pick. Right after Najee 
Harris, I think if he is is actually a pass catching back, they're going to be down a shitload this year. They're they're not going to be in too many games. I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league, which is fine for you know let Trevor Lawrence pass the ball five hundred plus times this season. Etienne's going to be on the field a lot. First down, second down, third down, slot, whatever you want. And in a PPR, I think he can easily finish as a top. I think I have an RB 16 right now. Maybe it's too high, but I think he's easily a top 20 RB if if my case is true that he's going to be on the field a lot. And I do not think James Robinson is going to be the early down back. I do think it's going to be split. And at some point this season, I do think ETN's going to see the majority of that workload. Hey, listen. Way to score fantasy points, be on the field. Yeah. You know, who's not to say that that they come out and they they run a shotgun formation with Travis Etienne to Lawrence's hip and then motion him out wide just so Lawrence can get a hint on what the defense is doing and then chucks a fade route and then who do you want the the ball in open field? Urban Travis Brown, Etienne. He's going to be very creative. <laughs> and I mean, he's that's exactly what we saw Tom Brady do with James White for 10 years. Like... Start in the backfield, flex out, identify man or zone coverage, either come back in or don't. Depends on what the defense has set up for you. And if it's a three-yard screen to Travis Etienne, like you said, I want a running back with the ball in space. Taking yeah. on – he's already behind linebackers. Now he's taking on defensive backs. Touchdown. Yeah. Well, and that I, that I love DTN coming out of college, and it's just so funny that he faded as hard as he did for uh, Najee Harris because it's like – the whole Clemson offense took a step back <laughs> yep. in in 2020. So it's not ETN's fault. It's not like ETN got worse. That entire offense got worse. And if, and if I said, oh, Trevor Lawrence got worse in 2020 than he t- did 2019, somebody would slap me in the face and go, don't you know how good Trevor Lawrence He's is? He's first over all, <laughs> it's like It's like, okay, well, you know what? If, if, if Trevor Lawrence isn't going to do good, it kind of makes sense that the rest of the offense isn't going to be that great. But Right. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was harping on as we as we headed in towards you know the, the NFL draft. I was like, don't get – fooled by the flash in a pan. I don't mean to say that Najee Harris is a flash in the pan. I think he's a very, very good running back. But don't get fooled by recency bias and the new hotness. And Etienne was the guy. Like, for like like the better part of 10 years, people are scouting this guy since middle school. And then all of a sudden, we're like, oh, I don't know, man. I think he might be the two behind this guy that had really one good season. Like, yeah. I, Undrafted guy. Yeah, I mean, you do your thing. But again, like Scott said, if you're RB26 right now, which I have uh, for... Etienne off the board versus Najee Harris at RB12. I'll take the value on Etienne happily. And, you know, I think he breaks yeah, out. Yeah, I think you his have his ability him as to like break RB at 14, 15. Oh, I have him high. That's weird. It's <laughs> so weird. Is, weird. Is, so is that weird. my dynasty guy? <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about another running back, uh, four year running back. So he's been in the league for four years. What do you, what do you think? 5'9, uh, 205 pound Chase Edmonds about to break out. It's going to set the world on fire. What's kind of funny about this breakout is like he's being drafted as RB30 in the sixth round. I'm so confident that he's going to be like a high-end RB2. I It's just crazy. And if he doesn't do that and he's like a low-end RB2, I still win. So it's great. <laughs> I love when I win in most scenarios. Winning is good. Winning is good. Um, Here's the thing with Edmonds. Edmonds had a monster week seven against the Giants in 2019 when David Johnson got hurt. Then the next week, he's killing it, and then he gets hurt early in the game, uh, rolls his ankle. He's out for a bit. 
They go and get Kenny and Drake, and that was kind of it for Chase Edmonds. Come in 2020, Chase Edmonds was playing second fiddle to Kenny and Drake until the bye week. Then the bye week hit, and Chase Edmonds it snaps just all of a sudden shot through the roof. It was more of a 50-50% of, of who was on the field. He was playing about 50% of the snaps. Fun little stat. So this this just blew my mind. 80, 80% of the routes that he run, he was targeted on. Which to me means every time that guy went out to go catch a pass, Kyler Murray was throwing the ball to him. There's no Kenny and Drake to compete anymore. There's... There's seemingly nobody to compete with Chase Edmonds. I mean, James Conner is James Conner, but James Conner isn't going to do what Edmonds does, right? He doesn't bring that level of versatility. If somebody speaks Eno Benjamin's name, I might slap him in the face. Uh, Chase Edmonds, for being drafted as RB30 in the sixth round, this dude, you're going to remember who Chase Edmonds is in 2021. All right. I'm not listen. I'm not even going to sugarcoat this. We ran into a little bit of technical difficulties because I'm going to try and figure a way to splice both of this this shit together. I'm talking about Chase Edmonds. 2021. We're going to know who Chase Edmonds is. Cliff Kingsbury loves the kid. We set we identified them as a team most needing a running back, and they just never really brought in a running back. I mean, I know James Conner's going to be a threat at the goal line to steal touchdowns, and probably in between the tackles work. That's not really what I'm looking for in Chase Edmonds in an offense that wants to be up-tempo, that wants to throw the ball 600 times a year. They want to be throwing the ball, and the guy they want to throw the ball to out of the backfield is Chase Edmonds. And so, listen, wide receiver 30 in the sixth round, I'll take him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, and, I mean, he's when you're going behind James Robinson, Miles Gaskin, uh, Mike Davis, Raheem Mostert, Javante Williams, like, what are we doing? What are we talking about? I mean, James Robinson is about to lose his job to Travis Etienne. <laughs> like, come on. Nailed it. That was a great crack. Well, I mean, also, James Conner is going to be hurt. So then Chase Edmonds has uh, even true. more of a role. Yeah, and then and James Conner isn't going to run RPOs. That's not what he does. That's not his his strong suit. So Chase Edmonds on the close. field for that. And Eno Benjamin, James like Connor's you said, is not going to make it past week seven. I mean, right. that. It's, it could realistically be Chase Edmonds and Todd Gurley by week six because James Conner is dead and Eno Benjamin sucks. I do remember <laughs> when they signed James Conner because Tom was saying, like, all right, this is a team that's definitely going to sign someone or, or draft someone. When they signed him, I'm like, wow, that that's a massive win for me as a, as a dynasty chase owner because there's only James Conner there. It wasn't Leonard Fournette. It wasn't Chris Carson. It wasn't you know, Javante Williams or any other rookie there. Yeah. That's a massive win. A, a guy that hasn't been able to stay on the field for the last two plus years. And a guy that's not going to take any receiving work away from Chase Edmonds. Yeah. I, I think that's, it's a fantastic addition. If you're the Edmonds owner, it shouldn't worry you. It's good. Like let James Conner be the one who hammers the ball through yeah. the, in between the tackles to keep Chase Edmonds healthy. And, with the way that they ran their offense on the goal line last year, it wasn't just line up and hammer it through. A lot of it was misdirection, sweeps outside. So Chase Edmonds could still be a viable option on the goal line because it's just not what they do. They don't say line up and run forward and let James Conner punch it in. It's not really their offense. It could be. Maybe that's it, what James Conner's there to do, but I, I don't think they changed the whole I mean, thing. Half their half their offense whenever they ran it was out of the shotgun too, which right. is one of the reasons why I think Kenny Drake failed, but it is it is what it is. I like it Chase is. Edmonds as It takes as a special a running back <laughs> to run out of the shotgun. Love oh, Bell's one 100%. of the few that did it effectively. A hundred percent.
Don't you worry. Cliff Kingsbury still wants that air raid off. Air raid. <laughs> but he's in the middle of the pack and passing attempts. He's going to keep going up and up and up. Kenyon Drake to help him back. Uh, Douse, I think your breakout. Yeah, I got a breakout. He's going to break out like herpes. Jerry Judy. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of your write-up, right? Uh, yeah, no, it's not in there. Uh, oh, I'm going to add it, though. Oh, wow. Just... But uh, no, Jerry Judy, um, I think Craig touched on it briefly. He does not play the same role as Cord- <laughs> Cortland Sutton, so him coming back doesn't really affect my Jerry Judy take all that much. Plus, we're in 2021 in the NFL. All teams have two wide receivers who can both coexist and dominate together. I don't see any reason this isn't the next great duo, other than Drew Locke being the quarterback. But he doesn't worry me as much as he did in the past. He's having a great camp. It seems like he's gelling well with everybody on the team. You also have Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams still there to open up some space in the running game. I love everything about Jerry Judy this year. You saw him struggle a bit last year. Fair. I mean, there's not much I can say to refute that other than it was a shortened offseason, COVID offseason, COVID protocol, limited practice reps. Drew Locke struggled with a shoulder injury through a lot of the year. He played most games, but he missed a little bit of time. There were games where uh, position players were lining up at quarterback for Denver. They lost a lot of players on their defense, so they weren't in it as much as they usually are. There's a lot of stuff going on that really contributed to him not having the season that he could have had. And even when you think about the practice reps he did get, he was in a completely different role because Cortland Sutton was there. Then he immediately has to assume a new role in a new offense that he's never played in before with a new offensive coordinator. Like, Where's the veteran leadership on offense? It doesn't exist. So this year, another year in the system, all of that lines up to hopefully what I believe to be a fantastic breakout season for Jerry Judy. All of this big asterisk, he is on my dynasty team. So this is maybe wishful well, thinking, but I think it's logical, and I think the points I make are fair. We've heard really good reports of Locke coming out of camp too, which is I, you know, is is encouraging. I wasn't a big Judy guy going into the season, but the more and more I've heard and even just you know followed some of the training camp news and stuff like that, it sounds like Locke is taking quite the step in the offense, and if that happens. I'm all in on Judy and, and Sutton and because that was my biggest concern. But like that concern starts to fade the further and further we move into preseason. So it's just like at this point, I mean, would you say he's he's getting drafted, you know, somewhere in the mid round wide receiver 35. So, yeah. yeah. So it's he's like buried. Yeah. It's like it is a wide receiver, too. And, yep. and, and it's a guy who's probably as upside to be a, a top 15 wide receiver. So that's what I'm thinking. He finished wide receiver 44 last year. There's no reason he shouldn't be a wide receiver two this season. I think realistically he has the upside to be a, a, a low-end wide receiver one. Let's let's not all forget. When the draft happened and Henry Ruggs was taken ahead of Judy and C.D. Lamb, Judy and C.D. Lamb were going back and forth as possibly the best wide receiver prospects that have come out in a very, very long time. Like... Obviously, that change with Jamar Chase coming into this year and, and almost every year that's going to be like, oh, this is the new best thing. But Jerry Judy was his route running. All, all of the actual attributes that uh, translate over to the NFL, he had it. Um, so I, I couldn't agree more on that. Um, I'm going to go into mine. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy that I have a little bit later. I have a hot take um, on another guy that I don't know if we're going to read the article or go into another podcast on it, but, um, my breakout player this year is not someone I think a lot of people would expect. I think he's being disrespected and I think he's being lumped into what has happened with the Patriots offense in the last like five years. And that's Damian Harris. 
Damian Harris was pretty much redshirted his rookie year. He was drafted in the third round of the 2019 draft. The Patriots actually, you know, traded up to get him. Um, and I think it was a smart move. At the time, we were all like, you know, what the heck are they doing? Why are they drafting him? We have Sony Michelle. We have James White. You know, why do we need to bring him in? Rex Burkhead's still here. Um, they've moved him into a role and groomed him into a role to be the top running back. I think they knew on the downside of Tom Brady's career, because that's when they drafted him, that there was going to be a time they needed a top running back. And the guy is the prototypical size and strength that he you know, will be able to produce at multiple levels on the offensive game plan. And I think that he'll be, he will be able to be a three-down back at some point. He may not have the reception numbers right now to tell you that. He did have only six receptions last year. But he was moved into a role when Sonny Michel got hurt last year to really – his first NFL game, he had 17 rushing attempts for 100 yards. Like, it was – he started, he started on fire, and he never looked back. He led the team in carries, 13.7 yards per game and 5 yards per carry, you know, during a 10-game stretch before he left a little bit later in the, the year with an ankle injury. He had finished as RB22 during that 10-game stretch. And that's, again, with a kind of muddled offense and him not really being able to get even so much preseason in because of the COVID thing and his injury to his finger because he really started in week four. There's a lot that kind of slowed it down in 2020, but he really took off once he got the opportunity. And I think that we're, we're really going to be looking at Damian Harris as an every down back at some point, either this year or the following year. I really think this year is the year that he breaks out. And I think it's an underrated breakout because everyone is again, lumping him into what the Patriots have done many, many years prior. And we all know right now there's a quarterback battle. We all know that the tight ends on the team have been brought in. The, you know, Mac Jones could be moved over as the quarterback at some point during the year. And that'll all help. You know, but the biggest thing, the best thing that I can see for Damian Harrison to use him as a breakout, someone who's being drafted in the sixth round right now, is that they sought out and brought back a six foot eight, two hundred and eighty pound offensive tackle in Trent Brown and, and they are keeping him at right tackle. They're not putting him at left tackle where he played in 2019. They're keeping him at right tackle. They're going to be able to run the ball far and away better than they even did last year. And at that, we're talking James White who's slowing down, Sony Michelle who's slowing down and Ramondre Stevenson who yeah, sure, he looked great in preseason, but guess what? He's a rookie and he's really one-dimensional. Damian Harris is the guy. He's going to be the guy. There's not going to be a committee at some point this year. It's Damian Harris. Do you think Damian Harris could be the next Corey Dillon? No, I mean, no one's going to be the next Corey Dillon. I mean, we got an entirely different size. I'm pretty sure Damian Harris is around the 5'9", five, 5'10", five, range. Corey Dillon was like 6'2", or something like that. But, I have no idea. I don't even have no clue what his measurements are. I'll find out. No, I, he, he, was big. Big. The, he was very big. The the Stevenson thing is scaring people and dropping Damien down draft boards. Let it happen. Let it happen. Yes, because that 72-yard run, don't get me wrong, Stevenson looked good, but it's also preseason. We we saw Damien Harris look at his rookie year, and he His preseason, he did the same thing. Yep. And then they redshirted him. And, and I think it, it's almost as such what you've seen time in and time out. James White was even treated the same way. When he first came into the league, he was sitting there behind Shane Vereen, and he redshirted his rookie year. Shane Vereen went off, and James White became the pass-catching back. Well, Damian Harris has the ability to do both things. He is a pounder 
who also has the ability to catch. We have seen it happen at times. It's not overwhelming numbers. It is single digits, but he has done it in Alabama. He he has done it in preseason. He will continue to do it. This, this guy is, I think, being a, a hidden secret. And I think it's it's just about time that he, he, he steps up and is going to become the number one guy with no competition. You were right on with Corey Dillon, 6'1", 225. Damon Harris, 5'11", 215, 214. It, 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 it's, I guess they are a little bit closer than I thought. I mean, he's two inches shorter, but nearly the same weight. It's but a big difference in the uh, style of running usually, though. Like he looks, he looks height, a yeah. lot shorter. He seems to run a little bit more closer to the ground, a little bit more balanced than yeah. what anything that you've seen. Like Realistically, as Patriots fans, we can tell you Sonny Michel sucks. And, I and, will not tell you that. I think he's good. I, I, I think Sony Michelle sucks. But that and that may be a little biased to my take, but at the same point, we did see in 2019 he took a step back. Sony Michelle? Sony Michelle in 2019 took a step back. In 2020 he got hurt, but well, he was hurt last year too, missed a ton of time, had his highest yards per carry last season, five point seven. But they were, in seventy something attempts. The sample size is nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and efficient, the times, efficiency numbers in, in small workloads are, are yeah. tough. The, the, the one thing that I love about Damian Harris is I remember when he got drafted, Craig and I looked at each other and we were like, he's better than Sonny Michelle. And we were like, and everybody was chirping us like, well, why isn't he playing? Why isn't he playing if he's a rookie? We're like, they're redshirting him. Like, this is what the Patriots do. They're not going to force a rookie into, into game time when he doesn't need to. And then they put him in, in game time and, it, and he's there. So, Oh, I a million percent I, agree. Damian yeah. Harris, world's better than Sony. I just don't know. And to, I mean, to your, your point is that they're going to go to Damian Harris and kind of move on from what they've done for so long. I'm just not sure that they do. They, like, they're going to use one running back. I, don't, I just don't know that they do that. I think Belichick and McDaniels want to do I the think, same 1A, 1B with James White on third yeah. down. J.J. Taylor, Ramondre Stevenson probably don't really factor in that much, but... I mean, Ramondre Stevenson. I don't even really want to talk about it. He had one long carry, and that was his. That's his right. game. I mean, I think. I think the idea that Damian Harris is being drafted in the sixth round, he's whatever. His upside is high end. Yes, running will, back too, and for, that's and that's like where the breakout for a breakout happen, exactly. Right? I mean, if you get him in the sixth round, he certainly if he finishes oh, yeah. as an RB two, I wouldn't win. Well, so part of the write up is, is he's going to finish a mid tier RB two. I'm expecting yeah. him to be above RB twenty for sure. Yeah, right. and, and, you, that's, and like that's, that's certainly. And I'm not saying that Sony Michelle's going to get ten attempts or fifty attempts. Like Sony Michelle should get around hundred attempts. Like that's like what almost every NFL one A one B looks like. But Damian Harris and the way that they've constructed this offense and the two tight ends who can pass and, pass catch and run block, bringing in another offensive tackle, like everything points to them. With Cam Newton, sure, you know it will take away some touchdown work. But with that, and then even moving into Mac Jones, that'll help his touchdown work. They're running the football this year. Their number one wide receiver is Nelson Aguilar. No one in the world thinks that he's really a number one wide receiver. Oh, or it's Jacoby Myers. About that. Corey loves uh, Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> you, could, you, could, you, could, you could say it's Jacoby Myers. We may have a different tape, but this entire offense is you, you know, going to run over 500 times, I think. I really do believe that well, the, they can't Damon throw, Harris they can't, is going to be around. They can't throw the ball. Cam, Cam can't yeah. throw the ball. If they're uh, going yeah. to win games, they're going to have to. Fun yeah. story about uh, Cam, uh, who was trolling him. That he was just checked down Cam. What was the corner? Oh, the Savon Savon Wallace. Savon Wallace. Yeah, check check down Cam. Uh, all right, let's get into busts. Guys, we just hate. hate yeah, them. hate them. Yeah. Hate them. Hate them. I hate them. I stink. Well, it, and it's funny. I just real quick. We just named off three running backs outside of. You're going to hear this quite a bit, right? The RB dead zone. All three of these guys we just named are outside of that. So like. 
in your RBZ zone, take a wide receiver and then draft these guys. Yeah. And they replace them. All right. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, Spiel no. Over. It, so, this is actually perfect. So, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what Craig had. Damian Harris is a guy that was going, what you said, in, in the sixth round? Sixth round. My guy here as a boss, Miles Gaskin for the Dolphins this year. He's going as RB21, which is, I think, far higher than Damian Harris. And I would much rather Damian Harris and everyone else we just talked about who's going behind Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin, don't get me wrong, he did have a great story last season. He he was injured off and on, but when he did play, he played extremely well for a guy. like He wasn't James Robinson pickup, but he was a guy that was likely undrafted last year and you picked up and he probably helps you win a championship. I just don't see it happening again. I know that they wanted, like last year, they wanted LeBell there. LeBell chose the Chiefs instead. They didn't get him. They can still get him now. So there's still time. I don't know why they're, they're not, you know, but that's been, the whole take is turned into that's why beside the point. Yeah, come LeBell on. Yet, Adam Gase. <laughs> but um, they didn't bring anyone in this offseason, which was surprising because I thought, you know, an, an easy. Gus Edwards would go there. Mike Davis would go there. Fournette. But nope, didn't happen at all. In the draft, I know that they wanted Javante Williams very, very, very bad in the second round. Broncos knew that. They traded up the pick right before them to steal Javante Williams. So they didn't get him. The fact that they didn't you know, draft Michael Carter or Trey Sermon the round after that, I, I don't know why. But I don't think Gaskin is, is the bell cow there. Um, Flores even came out this week and said it, it, it's a three-headed running back committee there with with him, um, Ahmed if I, if I pronounce that correctly, Selvan Ahmed. That's what everybody calls it. Ahmed. Yeah. Uh, there's no K in his name, so like I don't. It's, it's, it doesn't it, matter. Selvan Ahmed. Supposed to. Uh, we should probably figure this out. Selvan Ahmed, and then they. Uh, well, I'm not calling Travis Kelsey Travis Kels. So <laughs> yeah, that's no, never no. happened. Kelsh. <laughs> And Kals. I have no beer. I'm Kals. Kals. Malcolm Brown. <laughs> That's how he sounds now. <laughs> just happened. Because he doesn't have a beard. <laughs> have you seen the picture of Kelsey? He yeah, looks, like, yeah, he looks yeah. like a child. Yeah, he looks like a 30-year-old like cop. <laughs> he looks like the BTK Freaking killer narc. from the... All right, so, the, so, so we've totally right. gotten away from yes, Malcolm Brown. Let's get though. back from uh, this fucking thing. Okay, so Salvan Ahmed, they brought in... Well, no, it's still there. And they brought in Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown can easily be a, a touchdown threat. He, huge goal line guy for the Rams the last couple of seasons. And let's not forget, they drafted Jalen Waddle very high. They signed Will Fuller. So right there, it shows you, you know, they want Tua to pass a little bit more. The, you bring in this burner in Fuller, you bring in his ex-teammate in Waddle. And again, like, the defense is, is okay. The line's still not that great. They don't have a great line, so I don't see Gaskin really running that well with that line. I know he did okay last year, but I do think they are going to be passing the ball a lot more. And just the fact that that Gaskin's being drafted as a workhorse back, I just do not see that happening. I I don't think he has the body to to handle it, and if they try to to do that again, he's going to get hurt, like he did last year. And when he was hurt, Salvan Ahmed, he stepped right in. He filled in Perfectly fine. It scored, I think, 18, 17 points back-to-back weeks. 
Yeah, I mean, I think this is just another situation of like, you know, an NFL team looking at the running back position as being very replaceable for what they want to do on offense. Well, to your, The guy doesn't do anything special. It's just like he's there, and then you have other guys, and they're there, and you give them the ball. So you give I them mean, the ball. You just give the ball yeah. to guys. They also still have plenty of draft picks where there's a few good running backs coming out of college. I think maybe they didn't, weren't in the position to get one, but might be able to get one soon. Yeah, Miles Gaskin, five ten, two oh one. Everybody talks about Chase Edmonds' durability issues. He's five nine, two two ten. So he's got nine pounds on Gaskin. Like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. Why? It, why is Gaskin not getting any of these durability concerns? Oh, he's an every down back. Well, he's smaller than the guy that you tell him he has durability concerns. Listen, you bring that up <laughs> when it's convenient for your argument. Okay? Yeah, true, exactly. Yeah, and in the article, I did point out, like, you know, if Sony Michelle doesn't fact get cut or traded, there's a guy. There's there's still guys out there that that, that could get let go. That the Dolphins would easily just snag, and again Cough, they they wanted. I'm not, they're not, not of course they're probably not going to get him now, but they wanted Karen Johnson. But for some reason the Eagles used a waiver claim and then dropped him. But it just showed. Well, they, it hasn't been 24 hours yet, so Karen Johnson could be on their could team. Be. He but, still has a knee injury. I don't think it happens. It just shows that they there's been situations in the offseason where they want a running back. I'm not saying it's the right call, but they have gone out there and they try to claim a running back. They try to draft a running back. But well, they like having five of them because they also Todd played Patrick Laird. Laird. Patrick Laird is, is still there. Mike still Walton. There. Mark Walton. Mike Walton. I want to know who's their fullback. That's the that's the big that, question. See, see, and th- this is me not doing my research. It's going to be Malcolm Brown. <laughs> it's probably going to be Malcolm <laughs> Brown. Um, all right, I think Corey's looking up who their actual fullback is. We're all obsessed with fullbacks for some reason. They do not even roster a fullback. They don't even roster See, fullback. and that's why you need a blocking fullback. Get the gas in that Oh, here. don't forget about Jared Dokes. Oh, yeah, yeah Dokes. Yeah, the undrafted six-round oh, uh, six yeah, pick or whatever. Dokes, yeah. yeah, so Listen, don't draft him. Yeah, don't draft Miles Gaskin. Don't draft uh, the guy I'm about to talk about. You know, we talk about, you know, the, the concerns about the body type. That's that's what we got here. Concerns about the body <laughs> He's type. He's the perfect okay. for a typical body type. <laughs> Five, seven, uh, two, twenty. I yeah, I have Josh Jacobs as my boss. I'm loving that you just said that's the prototypical body type because I'm currently sitting at 5'10", 215. So. <laughs> yeah. Final go, five, nine. go go apply to uh the Miami running back job. I heard they they've got open tryouts. Um here's the thing. Josh Jacobs, uh, and I know Craig. This is this is your boy. It's your dynasty. Oh, don't guy. worry. With the next it, two, I feel it, it, very it, it, personally uh, affected by this. <laughs> <laughs> we just looked at your team and said these are all the busts. These, these are all the busts. Here's the thing: they brought in Kenny Drake on a fourteen and a half million dollar contract. Right, eleven million dollars of that is guaranteed. That's not chump change to bring in a backup running back. So I think that they're going to use Kenny Drake in a very substantial um, capacity. I just statted the team out, and I feel very awkward about how they're going to deploy all of them. Jacobs finished as an RB8 last year. Uh, I was quickly informed that he's being drafted in uh, the back end of the second round. Um so that probably makes sense, but every single time I've done a mock draft, I have gotten to that point where it's like, okay, do I want Josh Jacobs or do I want Terry McLaurin or do I want CD Lamb or do I want Allen Robinson or Keenan Allen? I found myself saying no to Josh Jacobs more than one time, and I brought up the RB dead zone. I think Jacobs is the beginning of the RB dead zone. I think that... 
there's there's an opportunity, and we were kind of going back and forth about this. Like his numbers could very clearly look like they were in 2019, which is completely fine, right? I mean, that's not really going to make him bust. But there's a world where we're selecting Josh Jacobs ahead of producing wide receivers when we shouldn't be, right? And that's that's I think kind of where I'm looking at this is don't this is where you should be hammering your running backs in the first two rounds, grab one of those guys, bypass the the dead zone, grab a wide receiver, and then go and grab yourself a Damian Harris, uh, Travis Etienne. I had a running back. I can't even remember who it was. Uh, Chase Edmonds. Did you have a running back? Uh, Miles Sanders, but he doesn't really fit to your point well, right yeah, now. Well, he won't, he won't even be there <laughs> anyway. But that's, that's what I'm saying is that if you select Josh Jacobs, you risk the chance of him busting as compared to some of these wide receivers. And from an overall perspective, I'm not willing to let that go. I'm not willing to select Josh Jacobs before a CeeDee Lamb, before a Terry McLaurin. And that's where I personally feel Josh Jacobs is going to bust and actually hurt you if you draft him, that you have passed up some pretty good wide receiver talent. And if you're selecting Josh Jacobs out of uh, running back need, you have gone against everything we've told you to do. In which case, tune back in. We'll talk about a fly flying around my room, which we actually haven't seen in a couple of minutes. So. I also did have one. J.D. McKissick. I didn't talk about him. Oh, and J.D. McKissick. That's oh, so I, he's I, McKissick. I, I, do, I do also just want to throw this out there that um, when I was statting them out, and I, I talked to you about this, the I think that Jacobs... Uh, three touchdowns in the passing game completely evaporates and some of his rushing touchdowns come away. So he's looking more at the eight to 10 touchdown range. And if that happens, he even further falls down to bottom end RB two. That's where I'm going to have him. I know everybody split on the decision, so we won't, we don't have to get into it. We can just go right into Dow's bust. He doesn't, he doesn't want my rebuttal. Scott, you Scott, don't want my rebuttal. You want me to tell you why you're wrong? Rebute him. I mean, let me, you can, let you me, can rebute, rebute me. Let me rebute you. All right. All right, let's be honest. It's been a slow burn all off season that I am starting to come to reality that Josh Jacobs is not going that well. <laughs> Can the Craig just admit this? <laughs> what, did, what did he do last year about this? Scotty looks like he's sulking in the is sulking in the corner. No, I'm fine. <laughs> Who was the guy last year that you were like, oh, I'm going to keep my bust a surprise, and then we were like, are you fucking? It was my me? own guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who was it? Uh, Fournette. Devontae uh, Freeman. Yeah. No, never, he wasn't on the team. I will tell you. Anyway, Josh, all right, the, plenty of points have been made about Josh Jacobs. Plenty of things that I feel differently about. I think that Josh Jacobs is still going to have value. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, yes, back end of the second, early third, whatever it is, uh, he's definitely being drafted in most smart people's uh, you know, drafts a little bit later. Um, James Conner. James Conner was my bust. Maybe it was 2019 then. That we're talking about. Philip Lindsay. That's who it was. Yes. Philip Lindsay was 2019. He was was. on my team. I had traded a first round pick for him and then I made him my own bust. And turns out I was right. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, point being is, uh, you know, he was my first love. uh, First fantasy running back. Um, (laughs) But Craig's Craig's just like slowly coming to. (laughs) Yeah, slowly coming to reality this offseason that it's not looking good for him. Absolutely not. John John uh, Gruden is a terrible coach, and I can I have to agree with your take that you know Jacobs is absolutely going to fall behind from what he was before, but the guy is still going to get over 200 rushing attempts, 220, whatever it is. Um, receiving work is is not going to be there as much. Kenny Drake's definitely been paid to do that. 
Um, they still have Jalen Richard, who's going to be able to take some receiving work away too. Um, eight to ten range for touchdowns seems about right, but he will be fantasy relevant. There will be a time you say in your article you wouldn't draft him in the fifth round. There will be a time where you can draft him. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, there he's, will be a time. He's he's draftable. Um, um, but that's we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna move off of this. You said that John Gruden's a bad coach, but let me just tell you something. In the last minute that we have talked, he has made ten dollars, <laughs> and he is still employed for six years, twenty one weeks, zero days, fourteen hours, thirty seven minutes, and twenty seconds. He's still owed sixty three million dollars all right Dow's your turn all right my bust also a personal attack on craig austin eckler <laughs> yeah, 70 gonna kill craig 70 slowly. bucks a year on uh the franchise tag but in any case i want to be very very clear and i'm taking this directly from my write-up very very clear i'm taking eckler as a bust because of his adp when i wrote it he was 14th overall rb10 now he's 13th overall rb10 so somehow he's going up ever so slightly I just don't see him hitting that value. I think I have him ranked fairly low in in our group for our rankings, around 16, 17, 18, and I think that's realistically where he finishes. He's had one big season. I I mean, one fantastic 2019 season. That's all he's ever done. Now you have a new head coach coming in to L.A. You've got potentially a new system with offensive coordinator leaving – sorry, offensive coordinator from um, New Orleans coming over. I can't remember his name doesn't really matter. Lombardi. Lombardi. Vince Lombardi. Uh, Just kidding. But he's going to come over. We've seen him succeed with multiple running backs. We have seen that the Chargers, whether it's their front office or the coaches that are staying behind and sticking with the Chargers, want to use multiple running backs. Nothing is pointing me to see that Eckler is a bell cow, and I don't think that he can play the bell cow role, nor do I think he should. He's not a grinder. He's not going to churn out yards in between the tackles. And if you ask him to do that, he's going to end up hurting. He's going to miss time. You want him outside. You want him in space. You want him catching passes, which is still value in any PPR, half PPR format. You can't ignore that. That's what keeps him from dropping into RB2 range. Or, well, RB past RB2 range, I should say. But the guys that he's getting drafted around, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, CEH, J.K. Dobbins, I would take every single one of them in front of Austin Eckler right now. I I'm, Maybe in a full PPR scoring format, I would shift on that ever so slightly, but he's only ever gone over 54 catches one time in his career, and that was that monster 2019 season. I just think it's not realistic to project him as an RB10. If he finishes there, it will be another outlier season for his career at the end of the day. That's it. Yeah, so this is a, a when we say personal attack on me, it's because I have them as my two dynasty running backs. <laughs> yes, but 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 to Taus's point, I would never draft him as the RP ten right now. Right, I don't have to redraft Austin Eckler. <laughs> he's already on my team. I've yeah. had him for. He's, oh, he's a fantastic you know, dynasty player like, too. I mean, well, yeah. well, and, and well, so here's the thing: the seventy bucks. I put the seventy dollar franchise tag on him because I didn't want to put a four year tag on him. Right. I did not want a contract that long on Austin Eckler. And and I think it is absolutely ups, uh, insane. You went all the way down those running backs to J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins is a huge breakout of mine. And, like, I'm moving him, like, really up to, like, almost top six status. Yeah. But Austin Eckler, you're right. You're entirely right. I'm sure you wanted to hear my take on it. Like, there's no way in hell... I'm taking him over of certain guys like even Devontae Adams is in that range. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm I looking that's at it. That, that's that time where you start to look at Devontae Adams. It, oh, I would 100% take Devontae Adams over Austin Eckler. And then to top that off, I would take 
well, not Keenan Allen over Austin Eckler, Tyree but Kill. probably I'd think about it because you're going to see whether it's Keenan Allen or it's Mike Williams, you're going to see the people in this Saint style offense that are on the outside being used far, far more. And we're going to see Justin Herbert's passes go up. And I don't think it's going to be 200 passes to running backs. It's going to be to the wide receivers, to the coach came out and said that he wants a committee. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and we don't know if it's Josh Kelly, Justin Jackson, uh, Larry Roundtree, uh, Todd Gurley that they end up signing. I'm going to keep mentioning Todd Gurley. Lev Bell. Like, uh, who Ra- Ralph Straight Stump. Yes, exactly. Straight, Mr. Straight Stump. Straight Stump. <laughs> but Round La- Larry Roundtree and Straight Stump. Like, uh, little Humphreys, Tony Lee Lewis. Here we go. But we have absolutely uh, no idea who's going to be involved in this backfield. I mean, Scott made the point um, about the Jaguars not being tied to them with a new regime. It's the same thing here. Nobody here is the running back they selected except for Larry Roundtree, and I don't want to get too deep into him. So, moving on. Craig. Here we are. I'm now counteracting punching Dowses. <laughs> okay, I, I want you to understand this. Those aren't bad players, but in no. redraft, I think that you would be making the same exact pick case, like case that we have in yes. redraft. But your dynasty yes. team, you're fine. Th- that, you're fine. The, the players okay. I've already had. Let's, I'm not going into this draft go. going, let's, what you know, what is it? Let's talk Craig <laughs> off the To be fair, ledge. I did sign Mike Davis this year. <laughs> well, that's where, <laughs> that's where this is where now <laughs> I think, I think Craig is going to try Ew. and sucker punch you. No, it's not even that. I didn't even know. He said, "Did you know that I was that I did Austin Eckler?" I said, "I honestly had no idea," because <laughs> um, I was just more focused on getting mine done. Uh, Mike Davis is is my bust, and he's going in the fourth round right now um, because of his quads, um, because a picture surfaced for days, and his offseason workout program is fantastic. You know, it, it's great; it's good for him. But you know what? He's paid to do that, and I think that going into a new system for a running back is very hard to do. Um, for a new coach, uh, new running back, new you know, there's there's a lot of new parts that um, sometimes fantasy football players don't correlate to fantasy football stats. Um, they very well could be good for their offense and the NFL purpose, but for fantasy football, there could be some growing pains. And I like Mike Davis. Um, he did show up pretty well last year when he was, uh, you know, playing behind CMC and CMC got hurt. He did pretty well. Um, but he's in Atlanta and their head coach has, uh, just been, uh, replaced last year. Their offensive coordinators new, like just so much new things. Julio's gone. Julio's gone. Kyle Pitts, the new hotness of the NFL's there. Like Arthur Smith, while a great coach and a great running coordinator, he had Derek fucking Henry. Like, we really going to go ahead and say that Mike Davis is going to be Derek Henry? I don't really hey, think it's going to happen. Hey, you know, what's, you know what's funny? Adam Gase was the best coach ever because he coached Peyton Manning. Exactly. So Adam Gase, he was the, you know, the best offensive coordinator ever. I fucking hate that guy. Sorry, Craig. The point is, is I think there's a lot of hype around the coaching and the coordination and Mike Davis's thighs. And there's just, there's so many things that's not being looked at as far as what their offensive line looks like. You know, Dows had pointed out earlier tonight that Caleb McGeary is going to be coming back. But outside of that, there was really nothing else. They finished as the 20 rushing offense last year and they had a perennial all pro pro possible hall of famer at one time, Todd Gurley running the ball last year. They didn't have an RB1 since Devonta Freeman, who's still going paycheck to paycheck, practice squad to practice squad right now. Like, 
Atlanta has a lot of, of things to work through. And I, and I just don't think that a middling journeyman running back is going to be able to produce as much as the fourth round picks should, should suggest. And everyone we talked about, Miles Gaskin, Chase Edmonds, um, my guy, um, Damian Harris being a couple rounds later, I would rather draft them. In my article, I'd say I'd rather draft Kyle Pitts at tight end in the fourth round. I don't want to do that. But I'll tell you what, I just don't think Mike Davis is going to get 1,000 rushing yards. I just don't think it's going to happen. He's not going to catch balls. Like, it's not going to happen. I mean, we're we're talking about a guy that you really need to bank on him getting 250 carries, and I don't even see that happening. I think this this offense as a whole is going to completely regress, and I think there's just going to be some growing pains. Like, Matt Ryan is a little bit older now, and, and Calvin Ridley has actually sounded like a head case in, in this preseason. If you've had heard him talk, it seems like there's a little bit going on in this locker room that just doesn't seem right. I just don't think this team that didn't succeed last year is going to be able to succeed better without Julio Jones, without, um, you know, Todd Gurley they've replaced with Mike Davis. I just think that Mike Davis is just going to be a big letdown while he may not be completely busted and there's no other running back behind him that's going to take his job. Mike Davis will still be the RB1 on this team at the end of the year. He's just not going to be that great. Yeah, but RB1 for a a bottom end you know, offense running the ball is what it is, right? You is be, what it is. You'd be RB1. I mean, shit, Miles Gaskins is technically the RB1. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't it's, want it. And I, th- I do think one of the things that concerns me about Mike Davis is the fact that um, Julio's not there anymore. I would have felt much better with Mike Davis when Julio, Kyle Pitts, and Calvin Ridley were there to really be legitimate passing threats or receiving threats, and then Mike Davis is able to slam the door shut. I mean, how many times has Julio Jones gotten them down into the red zone and then they just failed to convert? Like, Mike Davis probably could have converted some of that shit, but you'd kind of take some of that away, and there's there's a... Almost got it. It's so close. You, I think I wait, did that get was it. a loud boom. Right I'm now. sorry. You oh. better have gotten that. I didn't. I'm sorry. Very close. Scott's pissed. No, it's still there. Um, anyway, all right, let's let's uh, let's get into our dart throws. We're about an hour and a half through here. Oh, damn. Um, uh, well, maybe we should save that one then. Nah, we'll it's, just Dart throws them. are quick. We should make them very, very fast. Wait, did that thing you did? Like that? This is why I didn't want to touch on uh, your guy while I was just talking about it. Yeah, no, um, I, I won't you know say too much uh, on him, but uh, my, my dart throw is Larry Roundtree. Kind of the same thing I've said about a couple of the guys. Um, brand new regime there. I, I don't think Justin Jackson makes the roster. I don't think Joshua Kelly is anything special. There has to be a guy behind Austin Eckler. Uh, again, Eckler's not a, a every down back, and he's a great p- pass catching back. Let him do that. Larry Roundtree can fill right into that role. Not saying he's the next Melvin Gordon, but he could be a sneaky play this year if he gets that backup role, the RB2 role in the Chargers. Uh, I got Matt Breida. Um, I know his name's been kicked around for a while. We had him as a sleeper last year. He was in Miami, didn't do anything, moves over to Buffalo. Uh, I mean, the case is to be made with Breida. Again, I mean, select him in the last round of your draft. He's going undrafted. So, I mean, it's literally abs- it's nothing. Um, Devin Singletary in his two or three years, I think two, whatever, 
Uh, he hasn't really proven that he's done that well. Zach, I really don't understand what the Zach Moss hype is. Everybody thinks Zach Moss is just going to run away with the starting job. I, I don't understand that. You I actually had it. it in there as Zach Miss, and I was like, is that a typo or is that deliberate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, it meant to be Zach Moss. So, I mean, <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of where I like look at Matt Breed and I go, ah, Breed is a little bit more... I mean, he's not really a running back in the sense that he's not a bell cow, I should say. He's not really a bell cow, but he's quick. He provides a, a different spark that Devin Singletary and Zach Moss don't have. Maybe they're looking to get some of that. Maybe there's an opportunity where one of them gets cut. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, some wild shit happens in in the preseason that something could happen around that. I'd rather just chuck a dart at Matt Breida. And and if it doesn't stick, it was your fifteenth, sixteenth round pick. What'd you lose? Nothing. nothing. So nothing. everyone, nothing. And, and you get and you get a, you get a shit ton to gain if it hits. That's that's the thing. True. Another guy, shit ton to gain if it hits. Quez Watkins, wide receiver, Philadelphia. I talked about him on a podcast before, so I don't need to do too too much. But he pretty much caught like three balls last year. Had a, a, a I don't know coming out performance in the very very last week of the season when nothing mattered. Jalen Hurts has to throw the ball to somebody. They got very few pass catchers there. It should be him, uh, Jalen Rieger, and Devonta Smith. Smith probably figures to be your slot guy. You put Rieger and Watkins on the outside. Watkins just had a 79-yard touchdown on a wide receiver screen against the Steelers. So if that's what they're going to do. 21 has a family. Exactly. <laughs> that was that was fantastic combating. And, yeah, I mean, if he's, if he's going to get involved like that on screens, jet sweeps, whatever, and just use the jets finally, thank God. That's what you want to see. Six-foot, 290-pound burner. Bring it. I got a big guy, but he's not exactly fast. But I have a six foot six Colin Johnson, Jacksonville wide receiver. Uh, there's a whole new world with Urban Meyer, and you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Um, they have Travis Etienne playing wide receiver. They could have Colin Johnson playing tight end wide receiver. Who the hell knows? I mean, they just cut Tim Tebow, so they need a tight end. Um, but Colin Johnson uh, did play last year in 2020 uh with mike lennon uh he had 19.6 fantasy points 10.6 as well uh, but those are really the only weeks that he showed up he sounds like he's been doing pretty well on camp and it, there's a chance that as as good as any uh that that he could be able to uh put himself out there and get himself you know 500 yards five touchdowns you never know boom it's a dart. Chuck it. Count it. Point Ooh, it. An- another second year Jaguars wide receiver dart throw from Craig. Yeah, it's gotta go. You know, we didn't. It's a prerequisite. When we uh, when yeah, we last started, time. I mean, when, it, we, when we started this uh, dart throw thing, it was because of the Jacksonville uh, wide receivers. We were like, we don't know. Let's just throw a dart on one of them. Yeah. That's how the, that's how the whole dart throw thing started. Was the Jacksonville wide receivers? So Craig and just Craig keeps hit. going back. Yeah, going back to the well. Going no dartboard in the room. Uh, update on the fly. It's still flying around. Uh, it got yes. pretty. Yes. I, I apologize for know. blowing your ears out and not getting the fly. Oh, if I had right. gotten I, the fly, would have I worked. do appreciate the effort. It was very close. It was. It was close. I mean, if if you're I've been listening, close all night. if you're listening, uh, tweet at us hashtag the fly. We'll send you a free glass. When, Wednesday and night a fly league. Uh, <laughs> yes, and a listener league. The fly actually. Wednesday fly. W- fly. Wednesday night fly instead of the Monday night football. Artsy fly. R Kelly want to fly like just hashtag. R. Kelly. Fly away with me. <laughs> fly with me. Is that uh, no matter what you hashtag us, we'll, we'll get you something. Anyway, I'm looking for spots fly. in the listener league. Uh, this article um, will be up August 22nd. So look out for that. We'll tweet that out. Um, 
can sign up on it the includes, website and get early it includes, access. It includes probably another eight to ten different players that we didn't even talk about. Reasons why we think they'll be uh, breakout sleepers, busts, bounce backs, whatever. Um, sorry, Dallas. What, what did you just say? So sign up on the website and get early access to all of our articles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, Top Shelf Fantasy, topshelffantasy.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Top Shelf FNTSY. Top Shelf Fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose.